Meet Bay Hydro 2, the newest addition to NOAA's fleet. And a new report documents the first cases of a tropical fungal skin infection on bottlenose dolphins found in the coastal waters of North Carolina. It's Wednesday, April 15th, and those stories are coming up today on Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. If you were in Baltimore's Inner Harbor today, you might have had a glimpse of a new state-of-the-art research vessel named Bay Hydro 2. It's the newest addition to NOAA's fleet. The vessel was in the harbor for traditional dedication, complete with the breaking of a champagne bottle and a cannon salute from the USS Constellation. That's the last all-sail warship built by the U.S. Navy. The mission of Bay Hydro 2, to collect oceanographic data in the Chesapeake Bay region, and that helps ensure safe navigation and helps protect the environment in our nation's largest estuary. You can think of Bay Hydro 2 as NOAA's eyes to the seafloor of the Chesapeake Bay. Information collected by the vessel will be used to update NOAA nautical charts and to help coastal managers, biologists, planners, and policymakers better understand the Chesapeake Bay. And it's a pretty important mission. The Chesapeake Bay's shoreline, including its islands and tidal wetlands, is over 11,600 miles. It's more shoreline than the west coast of the U.S. And it's a major transportation artery in the U.S. It's home to four of the nation's busiest commercial seaports in cargo volume. Do you know what four? I'll tell you at the end of the podcast. I have a trivia question. Bay Hydro 2 will also serve as a hydrographic emergency response unit in the Chesapeake equipped to provide emergency survey assistance when there's things like Atlantic hurricanes or shipping accidents that threaten the normal flow of maritime commerce. And this helps to minimize delays in shipping, which is important because those delays can cost the economy billions of dollars a year. And of course, getting the shipping lanes open means that supplies can get to hard-hit regions. Bay Hydro 2 joins NOAA's hydrographic fleet of three large NOAA survey ships and six mobile navigation response boats. And you might be wondering what exactly hydrography is. Well, we'll tell you. Here's the textbook answer. Hydrography is the science that deals with the measurement and description of the physical features of bodies of water and the land areas that are affected by those bodies of water. So what exactly does that mean? Well, what's important to know about hydrography is this. Hydrographic surveys are used to support nautical charting, and they're used for port and harbor maintenance for things like dredging. They're used for coastal engineering, for example, for beach erosion. And they're used for coastal zone management and offshore resource development. And no matter what the hydrographic survey is used for, the one thing they all have in common is measuring water depth. Most surveys also look at the nature of the seafloor material, whether it's sand, mud, or rock, for example, because this is usually pretty important to know for things like anchoring or dredging, structure construction, pipeline and cable routing, and even fisheries habitats. And the main use of the hydrographic survey is nautical charting. And you can download and view nautical charts for free, produced by the Office of Coast Survey. And that's at www. Dot nauticalcharts.noaa.gov and we welcome Bay Hydro 2 to the fleet. Now we're going to travel down the eastern seaboard a bit to North Carolina to tell you about a new NOAA study published this month. 
about skin lesions on bottlenose dolphins. So while the Office of Coast Survey is mainly concerned with hydrographic surveys in our coastal waters, this next story comes from the Ocean Service's National Centers for Coastal Ocean Science. And this office is mainly concerned with providing scientific information and tools to our nation's coastal managers. These tools and information help us to better balance protecting our ocean and protecting our coasts with our social and economic needs. So this story starts way back in 2005 when a live bottlenose dolphin was found stranded on the shores of North Carolina. The dolphin appeared to be in fair health, but there were white and gray ulcerous growths along the skin on its back. And now jump forward to May 2008. Once again, an Atlantic bottlenose dolphin with a growth of white and gray nodes over a large portion of its back was found swimming, it was spotted swimming, in the waters off the Outer Banks in North Carolina. And then most recently, in August of 2008, another dolphin was found dead on the North Carolina coast, and its skin was cracked and ulcerated with the same type of gray and white skin infection. Well, in a study appearing in the April issue of the journal Emerging Infectious Diseases, an interdisciplinary team of researchers from the National Ocean Service, NOAA Fisheries, the University of North Carolina at Wilmington, and the University of Tennessee put the pieces of the puzzle together. When analyzing the third case, the dolphin found in August, they confirmed what they suspected. This dolphin had a chronic fungal skin infection called lobomycosis. Reports of this type of infection in both humans and dolphins are relatively common in the warmer coastal waters of South America. Cases of lobomycosis have also turned up in waters off southern Florida and the Texas Gulf Coast. But now the range of the fungus that causes the lobomycosis infection appears to be expanding northward. The new report is part of a larger effort by NOAA to investigate the different types and range of skin disease in dolphins along the eastern U.S. coast. Now, unfortunately, this isn't too rare of an occurrence. Different types of skin disease are often seen in stranded and free-swimming marine mammals like dolphins all along the U.S. coast, and the lesions are often related to bacterial, viral, or even fungal infections. So the NOAA research team is now looking into the underlying causes of the skin lesions found in the North Carolina dolphins we're talking about today. And they're also trying to figure out how factors like water temperature, salinity, and coastal land use might be influencing the infections. Are these factors, for example, making the infections more prevalent or more severe? Now, to aid in their pursuit, the research team is now working on a new way to document various types of skin lesions in dolphins based on looking at photographs, sort of a visual classification system. While it will take a while to develop this new system, it's expected to allow NOAA researchers to more quickly and accurately track and better understand the physical, chemical, and biological factors that influence skin infections in the wild. So why is this important? Well, understanding shifts in distribution of marine pathogens like the fungus that causes lobomycosis helps scientists better understand current or future health risks that may exist for humans and marine life. It also helps coastal managers and researchers better understand what's going on in the ocean and forecast what some of the ecological impacts might be. So what's learned through this long-term study will help ecosystem and public health managers develop more effective response strategies to threats posed by bacteria, viruses, fungi, and other pathogens found in our oceans. 
You can read more about this study on our website and get links to additional information and see some photos of the, the dolphin cases we were discussing today on our website at oceanservice.noaa.gov. That's all for this week's episode. And now for a brief programming note. Making Waves is now going to come out every other week instead of every week. And this is going to make it possible to bring you more interviews with NOAA experts, which take a bit more time to produce. And it's going to come out on Wednesdays, as you may have noticed, and it used to come out on Fridays. So the next episode will come out on April 29th. On the Wednesdays when there isn't a Making Waves, you can tune into Diving Deeper. That's the Ocean Service podcast featuring in-depth discussions with NOS experts on a different ocean topic each episode. So now you can get your ocean fix once a week on Wednesday, and you can subscribe to the feeds for each podcast on our site to get them automatically delivered to your feed reader of choice. And you'll find that link to the feeds at oceanservice.noaa.gov podcasts. And before I forget, earlier in the podcast, we noted that the Chesapeake Bay is home to four of the nation's busiest commercial seaports in cargo volume. Those ports are in Philadelphia. Wilmington, Delaware, Baltimore, and Hampton Roads, Virginia. And if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, about our oceans, or about the National Ocean Service, you can send us an email at nos.info at noaa.gov. And remember, you can always get the latest ocean news at oceanservice.noaa.gov. Now let's listen to the ocean. This is Making Ways from NOAA's National Ocean Service. See you on April 28th.